0: Coming up next in The Ziegler Show. If I'm feeling something, if I'm anxious or if I'm stressed or if I'm kind of down, um, first, I think first, actually, I don't deny it you know, or try not to. I try and actually just say, OK, I'm actually feeling this way. And rather than saying, like, I got to feel differently. Sometimes, actually, I think it's OK to just say, well, let me just feel this. You know, it's real. Something hard just happened. Something sad just happened. Something I just lost something or something. There's a reason for me to be feeling this way. And rather than just saying, snap out of it, man, go do something to feel differently. Sometimes I think the actually the right answer is just let me just feel this. You know, it's okay to feel this. It's okay to be human and actually feel the full sweep of emotions. You know, that gives us contrast in life. And that's, I think, makes life richer. And I think when we tell ourselves that it's not okay to feel all of these things and snap out of it and change our state immediately, you know, we deny our humanity.
1: Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. On The Ziggler Show, my focus is getting to the root of personal and business development by digging into what actually helps us change and transform and achieve the progress we feel called to and the fulfillment we truly desire. Here, I bring today's most influential people onto the show and take captive the core issues of human performance to have conversations about what really matters to our individual lives. Today, I bring back Jonathan Fields, host of the top podcast, The Good Life Project. He has a new work-focused profile you can take at sparktype.com. It's S-P-A-R-K-E-T-Y-P-E.com. Just this morning, I asked a couple friends to take it as I wanted them to know it for themselves, and I was curious where they land. I really appreciate the profile, and Jonathan uncovers more about it in his new book called Sparked, which I also recommend. In this episode, I walk with Jonathan through his personal habits for success and as you heard in the intro Jonathan is just a deep and intimate thinker which is what people love about him I think you'll be touched and inspired by what he shares and if you want to discuss it further come on over to kevinmiller.co join my Driven to Live community where we go beyond listening to significant discussions with like-minded listeners like you now Jonathan Fields all right. Well, hopefully everybody heard our first show together, and they realize—I'll say it again—that our spark types from your spark assessment, ours are similar. Or ours are similar. Ours—the first ones—are dead on. We're maker scientists. So in that, I'm really curious to see or to hear about some of your habits, since your bio lines up with me as a maker scientist, architect, and a lover of dark chocolate. So, uh, of course, of course, of course. So let's start off with health, you know, so physical nutrition, exercise, diet, what are your key habits there? And you said, uh, when we talked before that some of you didn't say which ones, but some of these have evolved, they have changed in recent times. So tell me first on the the health wellness side. Yeah. So for me,
0: and it's funny because um, I don't make a distinction between health and wellness and career and productivity and working relationships with these particular habits because they affect everything. Um, There are two things that I do first thing in the morning. and they've been disrupted a bit over the last year and a half because we've been actually we've become semi-nomadic, and actually we spend most of our time in Colorado now. We're sort of now officially residents of Colorado. God bless you. After for being, that. Yeah. Right. After being New Yorkers for 30 years. And um, but the two things I do, I wake up first thing in the morning um and uh I lie in bed and then I do a breathing practice, so pranayama. Um and it's a practice that I've developed myself over time where it's a breath slowing practice. So sometimes people will do a morning breathing practice where it's designed to energize and to activate your system. I find for me, I want to be in a really grounded space first thing in the morning. So I do a practice that actually um, lengthens the pauses between my breaths Hmm. and lengthens uh, my breaths, especially with the exhale, so that I pretty quickly am breathing only twice a minute um, for that particular type of practice. And it it sounds a little bit weird because the average person breathes, I think 16 times a minute. So to go from 16 to two sounds like, well, how is that possible and feel okay. Um, you know, it's taken you know a long, probably years to sort of like slowly bring myself there, but it feels completely natural and sustainable for me. And I feel like it immediately just, it creates a a sort of a systemic stillness Mm. in my system. That's really powerful. I do this one other thing and i've been doing it for years now while i'm doing that i transition then into about a 25 minute mindfulness meditation um and while i'm doing that i place my left hand over my heart over my chest and my right hand over my abdomen and there's something you know you you can talk about the subtle body and prana and the chakras and all of these things if you're somebody who goes down that route um uh, you can talk about the nerve plexus uh, and, and sort of like the nervous system and how we respond to touch and heat. I don't know what the actual physiology, modern or, or subtle or ancient physiology of this is. All I know is that when I do that, it feels like there's a circuit that somehow connects from my whole body to just down-regulate into this place of, of peace. Um, and I do that also if I'm anxious. You know, If I'm going through a stressful time, I'll just kind of sit. And I'll place, you know, like a hand over my heart and a hand over my abdomen and something changes. Um, And it's really powerful. Um, So I'll do that to start every single day. Um, And then that's how I move into the day. What I found is that it's the type of practice that allows me to start the day in a grounded place. But also it's the practice where over months and years, and I'm doing this, you know, like well over 10 years now. Um, it just changes the way you move through the day. It changes the way that you respond to stressors and to things that come your way that throw you into states of uncertainty where the stakes are high. Um, you know, you're know, you still gonna potentially get knocked back by it. But for me, at least, I can dip into a place of equanimity quicker and be more able to sort of zoom a metal lens out and be more responsive than reactive. And that's really powerful for me.
1: Well, yeah, it strikes me as you have grown, you're growing that muscle of awareness, of being present, of being calm. And that is, I, I tend to think about that more and more of, am I training that? I, I, I understand physical fitness. I get it. I've done that in my entire life. I've been a pro athlete. I, I get that one. But am I, I actually had Kate Ekman on the show recently and she's talking about how can you do that for your spirit? So your mm. your mental state is fit. How do you work it out? Gosh, well, I don't I have no file for that. So um, thanks for sharing that. How about on the people are always interested. As am I. If you have any specific literal eating, dietary, nutritional habits that you follow. Yeah,
0: um, and, and more broadly also beyond that, you know, like I, I try and move my body as much as I can. When I'm you know, like out in the mountains, I'll just go walk a lot. Um, but maybe we'll circle back to that because that actually weaves into my work habits too. Um, okay. So nutrition, nutrition-wise, um, you know, I don't I don't track calories. I don't eat a, a um, wildly restrictive diet. But what I try and do is emphasize eating as much whole food, as much of a plant-based diet. I do eat um, meat and I eat fish, but I'll try and eat wild-caught fish and grass-fed uh, beef when I do that. Um, so, and as much plant uh, and as much organic-based plant material as possible, I tend to stay away from gluten and dairy also simply because it just doesn't feel great in my system.
1: Yeah. Uh, exercise, you want to come back to that in the, yeah. in the work? Okay. Well, we can, we can talk about that, but it also,
0: I kind of weave it into the way that I work. because well, just tell. Re- yeah,
1: let me know. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: so so so. Um, I think when I was younger, I was much more aggressive in the way I moved my body. You know, when I did yoga, and I taught yoga for seven years and owned a yoga center in New York, it was a very aggressive vinyasa flow style of yoga. You know, kind of like pushing um, a lot. My body is just on fifty-five now. My body is not down for that at this point. Um, I've been through too many injuries. I've been you know rehab too many times and. So I've, you know, learned to have to treat my body differently. So what I generally love doing these days is, um, you know, I'll do some basic, you know, physical movement or calisthenics or weight work, but then I just love being outdoors. I love cycling. I love walking or hiking in the mountains. You know, there's something about being in nature while I'm moving my body that is incredibly powerful to me. Um, and in fact, there's there's fascinating research, you know, like there's a, a, a phrase, um, Japanese phrase, Shinrin-yoku which translates roughly to forest bathing. And there are, in fact, entire forests in Japan that are designated as Shinrin-yoku forests because of the effect of being in nature on your, your mindset, your physiology, even down-regulating inflammatory markers um, is really powerful. And when you can combine that with movement, I found that that's kind of a magical thing for me. It's, it's a bit of a reset for me. And the tie-in I was going to make to work, if you want me to go there now, yeah. um, is... So when I thought about my workflow, you know, I realized that like you, I spent a lot of time in the digital creation, you know, ecosystem. And that very often means a lot of time sitting. So what I'll try and do is when I'm home, I'm not doing it right now, but very often uh, if I'm on, on uh, first, um, over the last year and a half, the default mode of, you know, like uh, meetings, conversations has become video calls and, my default answer to that is no. Um, I absolutely do not want to be tethered to a computer where I'm in a fixed place unless I, unless I have to. If there's a, a thing that I have to do or see on video, then let's do it. Barring that, if it can be a phone call, let's make it a phone call. And the reason for that is this, I tend to think a lot better when I'm moving. Um, and also, I don't want to be locked to being static. you know. So when I'm on a call, I'll always take it on a headset and I'm either walking around my interior space. Um, I will probably walk miles just kind of pacing around on the inside. Or if I have access to the outdoors, I'll just head outside. You know, I have had so many meetings, like high level important meetings when I'm actually walking along a trail in the mountains or, you know, like outside in a park or something like that. And I'll tell people sometimes in advance, Hey, listen, um, you may hear a little bit of wind. You may hear kids playing in the background if I'm walking by a school or something like that. Um, it's because I take all of my meetings, like they're all walk and talks. Um, and I do the same thing in person too, by the way. Um, it's rare that I'll actually have a, a sit down meeting with someone. I'll basically say, let's meet at this place um, and, and bring, your, you know, bring your sneakers or your running shoes because we're going to go and walk and talk. Um, so I want to mobilize my workflow because the research that I've seen over the last decade is that... It's not really enough to sit eight to ten hours a day and then work out for forty-five minutes for an hour. It doesn't offset the damage that's being done by being static for so long. So, rather than just saying I'm going to work out for this designated amount of time, I want to actually figure out ways to completely reimagine and mobilize my workflow throughout the day as much as I can.
1: I mean, I, I wish that the, the, that that wasn't the case because yeah, that's my go-to is generally an hour exercise run and ride is my norm. And then I can sit for the rest of the day. But because of that research, I now have, if I scanned around my office, I have weights. I have, here's, here's my, yeah. here's my favorite recent hack, Jonathan. I have a, for those watching the video, I have a Walker. It's a great dip machine. Uh, so you can do, you can do dips on it. So I get and have, every time I get up for water, coffee, go to the bathroom, I do an exercise. I have a, a pull-up bar at my door. And so, yeah, fulfilling that because yeah, unfortunately that's my propensity. Go, go really work out and do a hardcore workout for an hour and then sit still the rest of the day. Man, forest bathing. Okay. You gave that to me. I'm going to use that. That's, that speaks to me so much. And that's where I do all of my riding and running is trails for sure. But there's something about that. And as you were talking about it, I, I've realized lately, I've done a couple solo trips out uh, camping trips and just being gone for a few days. And you ever see that, you know, like in a, in a movie, you know, they'll show a character like in, in a field or something like that. And it's almost like a drone was above them. And then it goes up hundreds of feet and it just expands and it shows their dramatic isolation. And I think it's usually meant to be kind of a, a, a negative thing man, that is food for my soul to be hmm. out there isolated. So forest bathing, I'm going to take that from this and, uh, yeah, embrace that relationships. Tell me about the things that you do, the habits that you put in place to nurture the relationships to where you want them to be in your life.
0: Yeah. So, you know, the, the two relationships that are most central to me are my wife and daughter. Um, my, and I, I'm, you know, we're all super close. We have we have one child, so um, we kind of roll as you know, like a, a, a three people, um, and and we're really close with each other. And um, that is because I think, to no small extent, you know, like we really invest in being around each other um, and creating space and time for each other. You know, we're all busy. We all have a lot of stuff to do, um, but we always want to be present. You know, both physically present, but also psychologically and emotionally present for each other. Um, so I work with my wife Hmm. and so we are around each other, you know, like 24 seven. Um, and on the one hand, you know, you think, well, you know, we must be constantly communicating. And so like, there's no space for things to not be said, or there's no space for friction because, you know, we're just, we're always there to have the conversation like all day, every day. Um, but the truth is when you're working with your partner, um, you know, and you actually really like what you do. Um, there can be a habit of not turning off the work cycle with them, you know, because you're always thinking about cool, fun, interesting, different things or problems to solve together. So, you know, what I'll try and do is power down in the evenings um, and, you know, like try and, and, and step away from the work conversation. Um, And I'll actually, you know, we, we've had to, it's funny, we're around each other all day, you know, But we'll we'll set up you know meetings for us to sit down and go through all the critical business stuff, um, so that it doesn't just become this perpetual state of existence between us. Um, I think that's important. Um, You know, I tend to uh, to want to. I get up really early. I'm the first one up in my house, um, so I'm generally working for a few hours before anyone else is up. And then um, you know, when my wife gets up, I like to make her coffee first thing in the morning. And then we'll sit down and if I'm doing something, I'll kind of pull away even just for a few minutes and and just like have a morning check in, you know, to actually just sit down and have a cup of coffee together for a few minutes. I think it's a little thing, but it really is important. And I think, you know, that was actually revealed to me by um, Brad Feld, you know, who's like this amazing guy and is also a venture capitalist and a founder who's out in Boulder, Colorado and years ago he shared that there were two things that he did with his wife that were really, really important um, because his first relationship, um, his first wife, uh, the relationship ended and he didn't want that to happen um, the second time around. So they created these two practices. One is, I think he called it three minutes in the morning where every single morning um, they would get up and they would just sit down and spend a couple minutes touching base with each other in the morning. The second practice was a thing that they would do every month, which is um, they would call them life dinners, Where they would go to a restaurant they'd exchange gifts it could be really small but it was just a thoughtful action and they would talk about life together and just what was going you know like all the different things sometimes it was a really happy conversation sometimes a really hard conversation and it's funny um this is bringing me back to my desire to want to start doing that we had we had started doing that here and there and then we kind of dropped the habit especially in the last year and a half and now this is reminding me that i really want to get back to that
1: you are listening to The Ziggler Show and my habits episode with Jonathan Fields. We'll be right back. Mental is the next one. Now you started off, you know, with the health of, of a primary one is how you start your day mentally you're resetting your programming, are there any other continual habits that you would put in that mental space of monitoring or, or again, programming is great. Your, your mental state.
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting question. Um, I mean, I rely on different systems to stop me from spinning. You know, there are Hmm. task management apps that I use, you know, to make sure that things aren't just being held entirely in my head because then that leads to anxiety. Um, you know, so I'm constantly pulling things out and putting things into platforms or technology that help me make sure that, you know, I can spend my cognitive space. I can live in the question on the questions that matter most mm-hmm. and take all the more granular tasks and processes and just have them in a place where I know that you know, like, I'll get to them, but also, um, you know, it's interesting. Mentally, I think meditation is this single biggest tool in my toolbox. It just really powers so much of the way that I see and move into the world and cultivate a sense of awareness. And I'll try and not just meditate first thing in the morning, but keep touching into that space and asking myself, am I present right now? Am I present right now? Um, because a lot of times, you know, I'm not, and it's very much a lifelong practice. But to me, like the If you can, if you can develop a level of self-awareness where you actually understand when you are and are not present, that kind of changes everything. Like that's sort of like the ultimate meta skill.
1: What do you do, Jonathan? I'm going to, I'm going to ask a sideline question to that. When you have a given time of mentally feeling down, it's a disappointment. It's a, a fear. It's a something creeps in. And, you know, this is the middle of the day. Maybe you don't have the ability to stop everything and take 20 minutes and, and whatnot. Are there any things you do not to minimize or make fun of it at all, but, you know, we joked about dark chocolate. I mean, there's things that you do literally to, to just, I, I, I need a lift. I need to get, I need to, I got to keep going, but I need a lift. I need inspiration even. Yeah, well, dark chocolate for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's basically just
0: my solution to almost every problem yeah, in life. Um, um, beyond that, like for me, I think movement and nature, you know, is my thing. If I'm feeling something, if I'm anxious or if I'm stressed or if I'm kind of down. Um, first, I think first, actually, I don't deny it you know, or try not to. I try and actually just say, OK, I'm actually feeling this way. And rather than saying, like, I got to feel differently, sometimes, actually, I think it's okay to just say, well, let me just feel this. You know, it's real. Something hard just happened. Something sad just happened. Something, I just lost something or something. There's a reason for me to be feeling this way. And rather than just saying, snap out of it, man, go do something to feel differently. Sometimes I think the actually the right answer is just, let me just feel this. You know, it's okay to feel this. It's okay to be human and actually feel the full sweep of emotions. You know, that gives us contrast in life. And that's, I think, makes life richer. That doesn't mean that if you start to, you know, like uh, move into a place of, of clinical depression or real darkness, that, you know, it's okay to just be there. You know, I think like then we, we do, we intervene and we try and we seek help and therapy and movement and all the things that we can try and do. But, you know, there are moments where we're just we're struggling or there's a sense of loss or grief or anxiety, which is or, or melancholy, which is kind of natural and OK. And I think when we tell ourselves that it's not OK to feel all of these things and snap out of it and change our state immediately, you know, we deny our humanity to a certain extent. And we and we layer a certain amount of, you know, shame into the experience or over that experience when we can't just immediately snap out of it because we're kind of not meant to snap out of it, you know, from these places very often, when you allow yourselves to feel them really fully, um, come our greatest awakenings, our greatest learnings about ourselves and about our life and about relationships. Um, but if you just kind of try and, you know, paint them over or snap out of them, you end up, in my mind, at least repeating the same thing over and over and over until you just allow yourself to feel them. And again, I'm not talking about um, extremes that, that will take you to a place of mental illness. That is an entirely different thing. But I'm talking about the day-to-day shifts that we sometimes feel. I think sometimes I'll do things to just try and like feel better. And, but more, I think I'll, I'll do things to say, let me feel this and then let me go for a walk or let me be in nature where um, that's my way of taking care of myself while I allow myself to feel those things.
1: Uh, that that was the mic drop for me there. Uh thank you for that. Uh, it just literal candid admission. I that has not been a skill of mine. That is one that at 50 I'm 50 that I am now doing. I just had somebody really counsel me in that. Dude just feel the feeling. Sit in it. That was the word, sit in it. And I don't. I I medicate it. I, I don't know if that's a fair word. That sounds bad, but I I just, you said snap out of it, man. That has been my default and I, uh, it's taken me way too long to come and allow myself to feel it, to consider it. And, uh, before I just jump past it. So mm. I'll assume I was led to ask that question. Cause I need that repetitive message, uh, in that, man, I know you got to go here soon. I want to ask, I'm going to ask one more question. Cause it's a, again, one that I really enjoy hearing you probably shared a little bit of it now just with your walks and whatnot but the things that you do just for you personally whether you call that self-care is good but a lot of times that gets really you know deep and meaningful and maybe it should be but also to come back to that we started the show talking about play you know and fun Mm -hmm. or hobbies and some of the things that just light jonathan up yeah and you know um we've definitely talked about some of them,
0: nature, movement, being outside, yeah. but also, you know, I'm a maker. So, um, that impulse to create things, I lose myself in that so easily, you know, to me, I could be working really hard, but it's so joyful. Um, it's so energized. It's so filling to me that, um, you know, and, and that shows up in a lot of ways I've started to, um, buy little sketchbooks and, uh, I have some pencils sitting over on the side with, you know, my desk right now. And, Um, one of my commitments is to get back to just, you know, like spending 10, 15 minutes a day, literally doodling in a sketchbook, just sketching, Hmm. you know, and just seeing without any expectation and just seeing where it takes me, you know, because that's, um, that, that is something that just allows everything to kind of be more okay when I do it.
1: Beautiful. Well, Hey, thank you again. Great to get the behind the scenes. I got to admit that it's probably as even more interesting for me than anyone else being that we have so much similarities, not just in, well, yeah, in propensity in the, in the type going back to the spark type. Um, really interesting. Yeah. I think I've got as many questions, uh, maybe more, so I'll keep throwing them at you, but man, thanks for being here again and giving us a behind the scenes tour of some of the things that make Jonathan Fields, tick. It's been an honor. Ah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay. Connection points again for Jonathan Fields, check out his good life project podcast. And you can also take his work focus profile that I'm a fan of at spark type that's S P A R K E. TYPE.com and review his new book, Sparked, wherever you get your books. We'll be talking further about this habits episode with Jonathan in my Driven to Live community. Again, you can find that at kevinmiller.co. It's 45 bucks a month. Every week, I post all the podcast episodes in there and we talk deeper. And every week, we also have a live Zoom call together for, again, just the discussions about things that really matter. Again, kevinmiller.co. Got any questions, just email me personally, kmiller at kevinmiller.co. I'll reply to you individually. Coming up next in episode 954 of The Ziegler Show, Tom Ziegler and I have an end of the year discussion on what really motivates people toward their goals. Is it pain? Is it fear? Is it desire? It's incredibly empowering to understand what is the relevant mindset and motive that will help us achieve the things we want to make progress towards.